Hello and welcome to the Browns Blitz. Today is Tuesday, January 24th. This is episode number 183. I'm your host, Rod Bloom. Joining me today is my brother, Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how are things going? Well, they're going about as you'd expect them to be going on a Tuesday in the dead of winter, Rod. How are you doing? I'm doing doing pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, we got... Uh, we got hammered with snow a couple days ago, and we're supposed to have a bunch more coming. So we're not yep. used to that down in you know southwest Ohio. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I heard there's uh, heard there's still football going on, but you couldn't prove it by me. Yeah, <laughs> I've watched a little bit. I can't get very uh, I can't get vested in it. You know. Yeah, I saw um, I saw about five minutes of the Buffalo Cincinnati game, and I was just like, you know, this really isn't much of a game. So yeah. Yeah. Why get invested, right? Right, right. And just, yeah, just it didn't hold my interest uh, for very long. So, um, yep. so yeah. So, um, we're going to talk about some other stuff other than other than those games. Um, okay. You know, so um, there's not a lot of Browns news, which, you know, I guess we're in that period where, you know, there's just interviewing going on and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, as, as, as we wait for the, you know, the playoffs and all that stuff to end, um, the Browns, you know, other than adding other guys to probably, you know, to fill any vacancies um, created, you know, on the defensive side of the ball and, um, you know, anything else that opens up they're you know, it seems like they're probably done. Um, yeah. He's uh, Chad O'Shea interviewed for the Baltimore OC job. Um, I know he interviewed for the Jets job. I don't know if that job's been given out yet or not. Um, he's pretty well respected, so um, he may get a shot someplace. Um, you know, I guess if, if the Browns are going to interview Brian Flores for the uh, for their DC job, then Baltimore can interview Chad O'Shea for the for their OC job, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Guys jumping around in the division or looking to. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, it, all it's that kind dust of will settle pretty soon. Yeah, I'm sure it will. It, it's kind of interesting. You know, I, that that's that's based on the fact that he's been in the league and he's respected. That's certainly not based on the the results the Browns have had the last couple of years. It's like, oh, these guys are doing so well. We got to start plucking guys off their staff. Right. You know. But you know what? It does it does say something positive about the organization um, that our guys are, are, you know, coveted by other teams in the league, front office, coaching staff, you know, whatever. Um, it's a good sign, you know, that we do have some solid people. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, you know, if you can just look past all the smoke and just kind of see some of that stuff. Um, right. You know that that's kind of thing that that should give you some optimism. That that right. even though right. the win totals aren't there, that that there are some things that are being done correctly right now in the organization. You know, e- even if it's not everything, you know, it's you know not everything's right. Um, you know, at least uh, at least there's you know something we can hang our hat on, right? Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. But as fans, you know, we tend to judge everything by outcome, you know, by did did the team lose ugly this week or how ugly did they lose this week? Right. And we we, we use that as the measuring stick for 
how skilled our coaching staff is and how, you know, effective our front office is and everything. Um, you know, that, that's not really the be all end all, you know, any more so than a PFF grade is the be all end all for a player. You know, it's yeah, it, a lot of factors go into it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, so, um, so I sent you this, uh, what we want to call this a chart, a table. Um, yeah. And um, I wanted to give credit. Uh, of course, somebody tweeted this on Twitter, um, which is a good place to tweet things. But um, I don't know <laughs> if they're the one that actually prepared this or not. So, um, so I'll, I'll try to put that out. But um, the, the gist of this is really just looking at um, – the top head coaches and win probability added over expected for for the 2022 season. And as much grief as Kevin Stefanski gets for his play calling and, and everything else and for always, you know, and for holding the menu up to his face and being oblivious to everything that's going on, you know, um, <laughs> he, he's he comes in at number nine on this list out of 32 coaches. So, yeah, um, yeah. It's not too shabby, right? Right, and and even more interesting is that the two guys behind him are Andy Reid and Doug Peterson, who everybody in the moment seems to think are a couple of the brightest minds in the NFL. Um, and Kevin Stefanski's one notch ahead by this metric, which I confess I, I don't know a heck of a lot about, but it does sort of give you some different um yardsticks in terms of you know what a head coach does during a game um and, and some of the, the the choices that head coaches make right and and how they affect points scored or not scored um and and ultimately did he win or lose the game so you know the the four categories on this are are fourth down so you know going forward on fourth down obviously uh, going for two-point conversions, uh, and then the next two categories are uh, timeouts at the end of the first half, and at, at, I'm assuming at the uh, end of the game, um, you know, how were they utilized, and then delay of games. Um, so, so you know, five different metrics that they total up, um, and obviously, you know, teams that win would would you would think would be ranked more highly in this, but um, and, and Nick Sirianni of the Eagles and Sean McDermott of the Bills are, are the one and two guys, but Dan Campbell of the Lions is number three. So it's it's not just all about wins and losses. It's you know is is the coach making good decisions that puts his team in a position to score more points, which is as much impact as the coach has. Yeah, I mean, if, uh, full disclosure here. Um, uh, Matt Everfloss of the Bears came in at five. Cliff Kingsbury came in at seven, and Arthur Smith of the Falcons came in at eight. <laughs> so, um, you know, and then and then you move down, and Matt Lafleur's at at uh, twelve, right past Doug Peterson. Then you get Mike McCarthy of the Cowboys, Kyle Shanahan of the Forty Niners, um, and uh, Josh McDaniels of the Raiders, who's um, obviously been thought of as brilliant for a long, long time. So. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it's just very very interesting to look at. Um, just another way of looking at coaches. And uh, this was put out by uh, 
um, I, guess, I guess it's uh, Sumer Sports. Uh, it's at S-U-M-E-R-S-P-O-R-T-S. So give them credit. I believe they they put that chart together. Uh, it's pretty cool work. Yeah. And um, yeah, so uh, so Browns aren't in the playoffs, but uh, Kevin Safansky comes in ninth, um, at least in this coaching efficiency metric. So right. Um, yeah, I, I think, again, I think it's useful for us as fans to to take a step back and, you know, we always tend to look at our head coach um, and think, geez, there's somebody else out there better. You know, we, we need to move on to somebody better. Right. But that's not the case. With Kevin Stefanski. I mean, he is a highly thought of head coach in this league who performs extremely well, given the tools he's given. Um and he's still growing as a head coach. So, yeah, the grass is greener isn't always greener. I agree, and I just have to talk briefly about the the whole menu thing. <laughs> Watching some of these playoff games, uh, Kevin Stefanski's not the only guy with that list of plays in front of his face the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and I'm not sure which guys. I just know I've seen it quite a bit throughout the playoffs. I think I think Doug Peterson is one of the guys who does it a lot, um, and, and there are other guys too. So, yeah. for what it's worth, you know, I mean, first of all, I think it's done so that people can't see what they're saying. Okay, it's not because he's just looking at the list of plays all the time. Right. Um, you know, I think it's partially to camouflage. You know, so nobody can read his lips or, you know, or see, see what he's saying. I think there's probably a little bit of strategy to it. But I understand people are probably, you know, joking about the uh, about the menu thing. But uh, I think some people are probably taking it a little bit seriously, too, that they, they really feel like his head is not in the game. I don't know. Yeah, that's the case. I just don't know. These things, I don't these believe things that's start case. out as, as as observational humor, and then they turn into boogeymen. You know, the the, the yeah. Um, yeah. This is the reason that we're not successful, right? I mean, analytics is the reason we're not successful. You know, there's always some some reason why things happen in a negative way, and um, the reality is, is just sometimes we just don't play well enough. You know, and that's really been the fault of this organization for the last 23 years is we, we just don't play well enough on Sunday all the time. You know, sometimes we do, but not nearly consistently enough. And the way you're going to fix that is through good, solid, respected work by the front office and by the coaching staff. Um, ultimately, you'll you'll get players in positions where they're going to win more than they're going to lose. But that stuff doesn't happen overnight, at least not in Cleveland. It it happens overnight in some cities, um, and and you know we we tend to think well because it's happened you know here that it or somewhere else that it should happen here, um, but that's kind of like buying a lottery ticket every year. You know what I mean? Yeah, somebody's going to win, but it's really not an effective way of of running an organization. Just you know hoping that next year we're going to be better. Yeah, I have to confess, I I kind of found myself questioning some of that in watching some of the playoff games this past weekend and looking at all the, the backup quarterbacks 
uh, teams yeah. who who made it, you know, in the first, second round of the playoffs, um, you know, on a pretty quick turnaround, mm. and thinking, what's the equation? Um, yeah, you know, yeah. just and, and and even watching the the Bengals run the ball at will against the Bills um, with yeah with. Yeah. Uh, Defensive, you know, with backup defensive linemen in there against a good defensive line for the Bills, and just watching it completely dismayed, wondering how is this happening? Um, you know, mm-hmm. is it is it coaches getting the effort out of players? You know, is it is it really that that uh, a team like Cincinnati or Jacksonville just 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 had tremendous player evaluation the past couple of years and just got the right guys in there? Um, you, you know, is it, is it just, you know, are they calling the right plays, uh, the right formations on defense? You know, it, it, it gets harder and harder for me to figure this game out because it, this game gets more and more, um, I don't even know, uh, more and more unpredictable. The more, <laughs> the more I watch it, right. it does. Um, it, it really seems to be any given Sunday anymore and i know that's always been a cliche but i think it gets more and more true with each passing season yeah i think that's by design you know we've we've probably beaten this up but um any given sunday has become any given play that you know it it could be interpreted you know one way or another and and i think the nfl's sort of built itself that way on purpose you know that that things are always in question um everybody's competitive uh every game goes down to the last few seconds uh, you know that that's that's the sort of drama that the the league wants to to boost the, the television ratings um and and yeah. probably by extension betting activity um so all that plays together in terms of how the rules are established how they're interpreted by officials how they're reviewed by instant replay um and then that all that all leads to how teams are constructed how rosters are built and everything so yeah it's it's gotten to the point where um you just you you don't know on a given play um i'm probably going to see something this week that i've never seen before in the nfl how many times have you heard somebody say that I, i didn't know that happen could happen right happens I've never all the time that happen. every almost every, every game we see yeah it's yeah. crazy yeah yeah <laughs> you know people we respect you know uh peter jones i see him every once in a while say something you know geez i i didn't know that i mean he, the, the guy's the, the football genius and you know he's never seen that happen before how is that possible and, <laughs> yeah, yeah peter knows the history of the league going back 100 years um, or something like that, yeah. Or as far back as it goes, yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Peter would know. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just, I think the league has has just gotten to a point where it it it, it likes that uncertainty, it likes that um, drama, and geez, it it makes for a very stressful uh, viewing experience um, for me. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess does. I guess people some people like that. I guess if you're I guess if you don't have a team and you just like watching football and you like playing fantasy football and things like that, yeah. 
it's probably ideal to just sit back and watch games. But when you're the fan of a team and your games all come down to the last few minutes, or or at least most of them do, um, you know, to where you can just never put another team away in this league. Right. Um, Stress stress is a good word for it. Yeah. (laughs) What else can you say? So, yeah. um, at least we know what we're up against. Um, it, you know, I don't see it changing anytime soon. So we look forward to every football season, but we know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> Even if right. we win, there there will be stress associated with those wins. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, uh, so we gave out some offensive grades last week. Um. Yeah, we did not do any predictions on anything, so just checking. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so Jeff, we're going to do some defensive grades this week, and okay. yeah, this is pretty interesting because, and there were there were a lot of guys in and out, um, kind of a lot of guys who you don't know if if it was them or or the head coach or the uh, defensive coordinator or whatnot. So I, I think we can have some good discussion here. Um, yeah. I've got pretty much everybody written down in front of me. I don't think we need to talk about all these guys because a lot of them didn't didn't play enough to merit really receiving a grade. Yeah. So, you know, before so we'll, we do uh, that, can, can we circle back to the offense real quick? Um, yeah. I just I just had one one thought on that. Um, <clears throat> we we what did we rate about 13, 14, 15 guys, something like that. I mean, I know we did the line sort of in a group. But um, yeah, probably about 15 guys. Yeah, 15 guys or so. Um, how many grades did we give that were less than a B? You have those written down? I did not write the grades down. No, no. OK, mo- OK. I would say I most of them we gave, you know, um, were probably a B minus or higher. Almost almost. Yeah, everyone yeah. I, I can think of I think maybe three guys that we gave a C or worse to. Mm-hmm. Out of all those guys, right? Yeah. Um, so that that tells me that um, you know we we feel really good individually about our players, right? Um, yeah. You know, position by position, we feel really good about our players. Okay. But this is a team that won seven games. This is yeah. a team that at times yeah. struggled to score eleven points. Okay. <laughs> and and we're giving the offense. I mean, we're we're giving these guys passing grades when they failed, really. Yeah. So, so maybe we we need to maybe we need to be a little bit more. um, I don't know what the word is. You want to grade it on a some kind of curve or something? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I thought we were kind of on a curve with all those guys, but. you know, I just I think maybe we need to to consider um, how the team as a whole performed as we're grading these players rather than just how we feel about them individually. You know what I mean? Well, well, um, that's it. And and I think what what we did with those grades was we graded those players based on not only how we felt they performed, but how you know based on how they performed against their potential. Uh, of right. What we thought um, they could do last season. 
Sure. So, so, you know, so we're giving guys like, like, uh, DPJ, you know, an A minus B plus, and he's clearly not an A minus receiver if you compare him to the top receivers in the league. Right. Yeah. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. If we started, if we started looking at, you know, what somebody's value would be in free agency or what their trade capital would look like, those kinds of things, you know, are, are we really being, you know, um, fair in how we assess these guys from a league perspective, or are we just really kind of being fans and saying, you know, did they, did they meet or, you know, exceed my expectations for them as a fan? And that's fine if that's what we're doing. I, I don't have a problem with that, you know, but, um, well, I, I'm either way. I, <laughs> I think we just kind of fell into the, how they do against how we, you know, against how we thought they would do or how they right. should have done based on being a rookie second year player, et cetera. And that's yeah. kind of what we did with the offense. Um, yeah. So, so anybody listening shouldn't, you know, take this to the bank that, you know, DPJ is, is worth a, you know, first round draft choice because we gave him an A minus. I guess that's my point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we, I think we made it pretty clear how we were grading on, on that last show. Uh, I mean, we can grade a little differently here, you know, with the defensive players. I think everybody would probably enjoy it if we were a little harder on the defensive guys. <laughs> yeah. Joe Woods isn't around to beat up anymore, so he's not around. Of course, of course, <laughs> there are people who <laughs> there are people who will probably who will make excuses for all of the defensive players because everything was Joe Woods' fault. Sure, but I'll leave it at that. Um, right? Yeah. So, yeah. all right, so, let's roll. Yeah. Well, let's start. Um, I have I have all the names written down. We'll go through these, and um, I tell you what, I'll I'll read each name, and if you think it's a guy we should skip, you just tell me skip, and we'll skip him um, okay. based on how much they played. So we'll start with Miles Garrett. He played 16 games uh, this season. Miles is so hard to grade because yes. he's clearly the the best athlete on the team um maybe in the league he's you know he's he's just a freak athlete and he's the kind of player that that everybody plans for everybody schemes against right and he's 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 to me he's so seldom dominates and i don't know if that's to your earlier point if that's his fault or if that's the you know position he's put in by the by the or, you know, um i guess i would i would love to see miles next year in jim schwartz's system just be able to do what tj watt does you know and 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 just show up every play and and blow things up and so it's it's so hard for me to grade miles this year because of that uh, i can only go I by agree. what miles has done in the past so so versus what miles has done in the past i thought this year was a little bit of a letdown even though he tied his career high in sacks i thought a lot of those came late in the game mm-hmm. and weren't weren't as impactful as they could have or should have been um 
So I, I kind of have to give Miles a B plus for this season. Yeah, I, I'm going to agree with you. Um, I mean, it, it, it's hard to grade Miles tough because we know he's out there getting held. Um, darn held, double, triple teamed almost every play. Um, but, but he's the man, too. So yeah. y- you want to see those impact plays. And other than the sacks, mm-hmm. there were not many impact plays this entire season. Um, yeah. And, and there, there were in in 21 and 21 he mm-hmm. he took some games over um or he made yeah. big plays that, that that really made a difference um mm-hmm. so yeah it, i agree with you it it wasn't his best season and he he tied the team record for sacks you know yeah his his own record um but but yeah it, it's frustrating because i think he's as talented as as tj watt or anybody else in the league so it, it's frustrating to to watch the defense play and you're just waiting for miles to get his sack or two. And that's, that's really all we get to see him do in a game. Mm-hmm. And you want to mm-hmm. see so much more out of them because you know how good the guy is. Yeah. So I'm, I'm right there, you know, B, B plus. Um, it, it's hard to get miles just to be, so I, I'll agree with you on the B plus, but um, mm-hmm. I, I, I really hope that uh, Jim Schwartz can, figure out a way to open things up. But I think that's going to depend on who, who else they can bring in on that line too. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, the soon to be departed, or I'm sure he's already packed his stuff up. Uh, Jadavian Clowney played 12 games this season, collected two sacks, by the way. Yeah. Um, thoughts on Clowney? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, again, Jadavian Clowney's going to say that a lot of it wasn't his fault. Um, but when a guy is a hired gun, I mean, let, let's face it, that's, that's what he is. He's a hired gun. He's, he's, his job is to come in and, and be the impact guy opposite Miles Garrett. And, you know, he's never been a big sack guy numbers-wise anyway. Um, but again, you you felt like there should have been more impact from him uh, throughout yeah. the season, yeah. and it just wasn't there. And you know, just based on his play, um, I have to say his his grade would be pretty low. But the way the season ended, um, with him basically quitting on the team and 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 torching the place on his way out, um. I don't think that's a good look for Jadavian Clowney going forward and him trying to catch on with somebody else next year. <laughs> so yeah, good um, luck. Good yeah, luck. Yeah. Who, who wants yeah. to bring so, that in? So I'm going to give him a D I, I think, you know, he, he failed himself as much as he failed the team. Um, by just not being the team guy that he needed to be and the leader that he could have been. Hey, I can't give him anything better than a D. Um, you know, he, he had nine sacks in, in 21, mm-hmm. and, and he got at two this season. Um, blows off the last game of the season pretty much. Um, just, yeah. You know, even if the guy played the run decent when he was in there, you know, even if he played the run okay, 
um, mm-hmm. it's it's not enough. That's not what he was here for. <laughs> um, right. Miles needed some help, you know, and pressuring the quarterback this season, and he, he didn't get it. He just didn't get it from from anybody. Right. Um. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll talk more about about sacks in a minute, but uh, but yeah. Um. So let's go. Uh, let's go, Alex Wright first. He played. He 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 played all seventeen games as mm-hmm. a rookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had moments. Um, as a third round pick, um, I think you know maybe we have to temper our expectations for a pass rusher in his rookie season. Um, I think he's got some tools. Um, he probably didn't get enough opportunities for the same kinds of reasons we talked about with the last two guys, the way that the defense was structured. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, coming in as a rookie, I, I think I, I, I graded, you know, the other third round guys, um, you know, in that C category. Um, I think that's probably about what you expect from these mid round rookies, right? They, they get a lot of playing time and and take advantage of it and, and grow a little bit. Um, you know, that's a passing grade to me. That's, that's average play for, you know, a guy of of that expectation level. So, I mean, probably a good solid C and I think he's got some upside. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely flashed, and just being available and contributing in all 17 games, um, you know, I might go C-plus, but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, um, you, you can't go any higher than that just because he didn't play enough. Um, it's not like he piled up sacks or anything, but uh, I, I think out of the rookie class, you, you kind of have to look at him as a bright spot. So Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm pretty happy I, with I think him. As, if if you're if you're classifying him as your rotational number three, yeah. Um, now that doesn't make me feel real good about going into the next season with him as you know the starter opposite Miles. I don't right. know that we're ready for that. Okay, um, but as a rotational guy, you know the third edge guy, um, I feel pretty good about it, you know him him growing and and doing well next year. Yeah, I, I would agree totally. Um, yeah, he's got a season under his belt. You'd like to think he's, uh, you know, show up a little bit better next season. And um, yeah, it should be a good, uh, good rotational piece. So um, Isaiah Thomas did not play as much. Uh, only played ten games. Probably pretty tough to put a grade out on him. Um, yeah. I don't know what what yeah. thought you have? Late late round guy. Um... You know, he he had some injury, I think, issues and inactives and stuff. Um, he did have a, a game or two where he looked pretty got pretty darn good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I got I think I just have to give him an incomplete at this point and, you know, really see what he can bring in the future. Um, I will say, though, that, you know, based on where we are in the drafts um, going forward, I don't see us drafting an edge that's going to beat out either one of those two guys. Um, no, you know, a lot, no. A lot of people are saying we need to draft another edge. Uh, at where we are in our our uh, you know life cycle of our roster and, and cap space and so forth, sure you want to be developing those guys, but um, 
I feel pretty good about developing these two guys versus anybody that we would get in the draft at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the future future's bright for those two guys. Um, you know, especially if you're looking at being your third and fourth uh, edge guys. Uh, if they can find somebody to, you know, uh, try to come in and play play a little bit better than Clowney did last season. Uh, you know, yeah. you'd like to think in a Jim Schwartz defense, um, you know, things going to look pretty good if they can if they can address a uh, defensive tackle, which we'll come up on um, here. Yep. So, uh, so uh, uh, Chase Winovich, I think we're going to skip. He only played eight games. I honestly didn't see him play enough to even try to give him a grade. I don't know. Um, yeah. I guess we'll talk about him later if we think he has a chance to be around. <sighs> next year yeah, or not so specialist right i mean you know yeah third down um speed guy yeah um didn't didn't get even as much out of him as we got out of uh tack mckinley last year yeah yeah okay so let's go on to the dts um Taven bryan played uh 16 games yeah. and believe it or not he was number two on the team in sacks with three sacks. <laughs> what does that tell you? <laughs> yeah, what's that tell you? And there were other guys with two and a half sacks. Uh, a couple of guys had two and a half, and then uh, Clowney had two. Yeah. And it, it's really, really sad, um, the, the sack numbers. Um, it's something that if, if, if you're going to pressure the quarterback, you need more than one guy getting sacks. I mean, you know, uh, you have to figure you, your DTs. If you have anybody at DT, they're they're going to luck into some sacks now and then. You, you would know? think. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I guess let's uh, let's try to give Taven Bryan a a, a grade here, uh, the number two sack man for the Browns. Yeah, I, I'm probably a C minus, and that might be generous. Um, he's a, a free agent, right? They just brought him in on a one-year deal with an option or something. I'm not sure I, exactly what his status is. I think is. so. Yeah, I didn't look. We'll at get the into we'll get more into those. contracts down the road, but um, yeah. yeah, I mean, boy, I, I'm I'm really hoping that they can upgrade the position enough this year that we don't have to see a repeat of Dave and Brian. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna have to agree with you there. Um, Jordan Elliott played all 17 games. You see, did you see him as being uh, any better than Taven Bryan this year? I think he had a few plays, yeah, where he he showed up a little bit more. But but man, there again, you know, we're we're into year four with him now, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, um, gosh, I he just hasn't. He hasn't developed um, much. Not enough or fast year. enough. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I mean, you, you really want to see these guys, you know, moving people and making a difference. They're not just not just taking up blockers. You yeah. know? Yeah. All right. Um, uh, Perry and Winfrey um, played 13 <laughs> games, um, had some discipline problems. Um, looked kind of lost the beginning of the season, kind of showed, showed more near the end of the season. Um, probably a little tough to, to give him an overall grade, but, uh, you know, as a rookie, yeah, uh, I I don't know. What are your your Um, overall thoughts? 
Yeah, I think, you know, his his, his late play um, probably pulls him into a passing grade. Um, but, man, the, the biggest disappointment in the draft class by far for me, uh, Perry and Winfrey, could have come in here and and really made his mark as a rookie. There was tons of opportunity for him to do it. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and he he basically shot himself in the foot. I mean, worse, worse than Clowney, in my mind. Uh, because he did it earlier in the year, you know, just by, by taking himself out of the games, you know, disciplinary wise. I mean, yeah. Geez. So but he yeah, did I'm, finish I'm, strong. He did finish strong. So, I mean, he did, he did. Um, you you got to give him credit for, for, you know, at least strengthening his, his argument toward the end of the year. Okay. But man, he came from pretty far down. So, he did. He did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, he, Really, at that point, it looked like I, he, he's going to be lucky if he's even on the team at the end of the season. Right. It, yeah. You know, it really looked like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give him a D like Clowney. But um, unlike Clowney, I think he can I think he can work that up um, if he continues to do what he did in the last few games. Hey, yeah, uh, I don't I don't even know what to give him. I mean, I really felt like he played like a C at the end of the season, but you know, middle of the season he was an F. Yeah. Um so I, I guess that averages out to a D. So Yeah, yeah. So, um, I'm just gonna keep it green <laughs> with you. It's easiest. So no. <laughs> Um Tommy Togi. Jeez, you're uh, the like, only one that ever agrees with me this much, Rod. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, some of these guys, it's really tough to to give a grade to. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm listening to your logic, and it, it's pretty sound. So, um, Tommy Togi, I played 12 games. Um, you know, I mean, he, he had a few plays. Um, yeah, he was the uh, the clawed reins of the defensive line. Um, I, I don't think in case. People don't get the and played the invisible man in the movie. Um, nobody, nobody, nobody was less, less impactful in that group than Tommy Togiai. Um, you talk about guys I just kind of taking up blockers. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, and it's a shame because, you know, he's, he's still on a rookie deal and, you know, you gave Jordan Elliott time you want to give Tommy Togiai time, but man, he just hasn't shown much. These guys, I mean, yeah, these. I'm getting ahead of myself, but there's four guys here, and if if two of these guys are on the roster next season, I'm going to be surprised. Right. Um, yeah. You know. I agree. So. Um, and and they're probably going to be backups, and you hope that they play at the the B minus C plus level. Right. right. But they, right. they didn't even get close to that this year. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, um, linebacker is 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 tough. And that, that's where we are now, because a lot of these guys <laughs> didn't play that much. OK, yeah. they were in and out of the lineup. So um, Tony Fields played 17 games, but a lot of those were on special teams before he started yeah. playing, you know, right uh, before he started uh starting at, at linebacker. So, um, you know, I, I guess we're looking at how we played at linebacker. If, you know, if you feel comfortable giving them a grade there, <laughs> he, he might have been the most consistent linebacker we had down the stretch, <laughs> which yeah. 
was crazy. Um, yeah, I, I this this group's tough to grade because there just wasn't enough, you know, body of work for any of them. You know. Um, yeah. But I guess I guess Tony Fields, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give him a I'll give him a solid B for you know your best abilities, your availability, as they say. So you know, he was he was out there contributing. He's, I mean, he's the only linebacker that was on, you know, on the roster the full season. That looks like, it, right. well, as far as I can see, yeah, yeah, um, on the active roster. I mean, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, it, it's hard to, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I thought he stepped in admirably. Um, yeah. You know, we've, we've heard about him. Um, you know, since he was drafted, I think people had high hopes for him and, and I thought he, he, mm-hmm. he played pretty well. So I think, you know, I think he's in that, you know, that, that probably, I mean, for, if you're comparing it to linebackers, you know, it, it's not like he was a stud out there, you know, knocking guys all over the place, but he definitely had impact in games. So, yeah. you know, he's probably in that B minus range, something like that. Um, everybody, every yeah. team needs a, a, a fourth or fifth linebacker who can step in and and contribute on special teams and, you know, do all those little things, right, when, when yeah. guys go down. That's what um, he did. Yeah, and, and he did a great job of that. I mean, that to, to put him into a starting role is, you know, asking a lot, but um, – I think if you roll him back as your, you know, four or five guy next year, you're in good hands. Yeah, I think so. Um, Deion Jones, eleven games. Yeah, um, he had moments. Um, he had some good plays. Um, yeah, but not not very many. Um, <laughs> and he had a he, lot of. He turned he was, invisible sometimes. Where he was um, really out of position. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, he. part of that, I guess, is, you know, coming in mid year and, and everything and not really knowing what was expected of him. Um, but, um, yeah, I think probably C minus D plus would probably be generous for what we saw of him. Yeah. Yeah. I'd go C minus just because he came in and played 11 games without getting hurt. Um, well, that's that's an accomplishment. <laughs> Just because he stayed healthy, I'll be nice. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, he he had his moments. Um, you know, he 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 definitely looked okay sometimes, but yeah, it seemed like there were some games you just didn't even see him. At Did he all. earn himself a roster spot next year? Eh, probably um, not here. Probably, you know, I I think it's uh, linebackers interesting, and I have to look at the con. I'll have to look at the contract status of all these guys, and we'll talk about it later. But all yeah. these guys got hurt, and and a lot of these guys um, that came in afterward um, played decent. So yeah, I think yeah. I think there's going to be some competition for for the uh, you know for spots on the roster for linebacker. A lot um, of guys had had a good game or two. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, yeah, talking. Um, I'm gonna. He, he. I don't know if we can give him a grade. Uh, Reggie Ragland's one. I mean, he only played four games, but yeah, he looked good. He played extremely well in the last few games. Yep, got got to yeah. give him credit. I I don't know how you don't look at him as as a piece that you know that that you 
that you probably want on your roster next season, you know, yeah. or, or yeah. that at least fighting for a spot. Yeah. There, there's a case of a guy, you know, really fighting for a job, um, you know, who looked like he was fighting for a job. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll take those kind of guys. Yeah. And he was out there playing about the same time as Jermaine Carter. Jermaine Carter played seven games. Um, he had some plays. I don't think he had as many as Reggie Ragland did in his four games. Yeah, he, I don't think he I don't think he got nearly as many snaps. But um, yeah, probably not. Yeah, yeah. All those guys that, that came in toward the end, um, like give them props for you know stepping in and and contributing um, in a really tough situation. You know when we really lost everybody. Yeah, and yeah. there was just no continuity at the position. Okay, so of of the injured guys, um, JOK, um, Jacob Phillips, uh, um, I don't know. Do you want to grade either of those guys? JOK played 11 games. Jacob Phillips played seven. Um, I don't know. I I would probably go incomplete on both of those guys for this season. Yeah, Um, I mean, after Anthony Walker went down, we we, we thought those were going to be our two guys, right? And they were going to really play well together. And it just didn't happen. I mean, they, they just, they got steamrolled and, you know, part of that is our D tackles. You know, we, we talked a few shows ago about how, you know, aggressive linebackers can thrive when you have terrible D tackles and, and, you know, both of those guys, Jacob Phillips and and JOK are more speed finesse type of guys. Mm Um, and when you're getting gashed up the middle, it's just, it's, it's not going to be fun for those guys. And, you know, I think if our defense is constructed differently next year, um, both of those guys can fit into more of a coverage type of a a package. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't know that there's going to be enough room on the field for both of them. Right. Right. I do think we need to talk about uh, Sione Takitaki. He only played 12 games, Mm -hmm. but he played well. He was a difference maker when he was out there. Um, Probably his best season. Um, He actually got to go out there and play his game versus being a guy who seemed to only be in there on on packages for the most part. Mm -hmm. You know, mm-hmm. earlier in his career, um, it, yeah. I don't know. Did did you feel like he got a lot more playing time this season? Yeah, and and I, I really I I feel terrible that he got hurt late in the season because that's probably going to limit what he can do next season. You know, this coming season when he'll be ready, mm-hmm. um, because it it felt like he was finally coming into his own. Yeah. And, you know, if, if I'm right, if I, if I'm grading the linebackers, you know, as a group, I'm, I'm giving him the highest grade of, of all those guys. I think, you know, Tony Fields was, was a B I'm going to give Taki Taki a B plus. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think he brings something that the other guys just don't bring in terms of, um, you know, being able to, um, impact the game with physicality right um yeah and something that we just don't have a lot of at the linebacker position you know we saw some of that from ragland at the end i think that was sort of like why he stood out right absolutely yeah and he and taki taki may have been the only two guys this year that that really demonstrated that at all 
And I think they showed why there's a need and a space for for a player like that on the defense. Right. It can't just be about speed all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You need you need you know, and you can't just be a tree out there, but you need a thumper out there, too. Sometimes, right. you know. Yeah. Um, I think particularly when we start getting into the, the Jim Schwartz system in the fall, we start digging into, you know, the roster composition. Um, not having Taki Taki early on is is going to present some problems. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, let's see. Jordan, Jordan Kunachuk, however you say Kunashik. it. Kunashik. Kunashik. Yeah. He, he could was, be on the team three years, and I'm not going to know how to pronounce it. Right. I just have problems with him. Kunashik. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, he, um, 15 games, but I, he didn't start at linebacker much. Or yeah. was he linebacker safety? Kind of. Uh, he linebacker. He, yeah, he played linebacker. Really linebacker. Um, and um, and um, a bigger guy actually, but um, yeah, I was I was kind of surprised he made the initial roster. To be honest, I mean, I know in the preseason he had he had some plays that were kind of like aha type things. Yeah, um, he played well in the preseason. Um, yeah, but but then in the regular season there wasn't much going on. Um, so a lot. I think he was special teams and he he got some play at linebacker. Yeah, um, yeah. Later probably on probably season. fair to grade him for his special teams play, but um, I don't think so much in the in the defensive scheme of things yeah all right we're gonna skip anthony walker uh, injured in the third game um probably the, the most important injury of the season yeah. in my mind that yeah. that set the tone for the a huge difference when he that when he went down it just it just was crushing well yeah and then and uh i'm yeah and it only got worse after that yeah what, yeah. what can you say yeah um yeah, it's interesting. The the way I have the the numbers and names I'm looking at and having the games written after them and and all the odd strange numbers for linebackers and then I get um, I'm down to the corners. I'm looking at MJ Emerson, uh, 17 games. <laughs> okay. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean People can people can pick on you know on some of the penalties were called on him or whatever in some of the games and that and you know maybe he made a few mistakes here and there but man this this guy played great I mean for a rookie yeah. I I don't know third, how you third do any pick. better a third round pick yeah. yeah yeah and 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 Jeff I have to say people have checked out on the Browns draft this season already. Like, well, we don't pick until whatever. Um, yeah. People are saying, well, we don't pick till 42. I don't even know what, what number we're picking at. Okay. You realize that we got MJ Emerson in the third round last season. We last, you know, this past April. How many picks do we have in front of that now? We have at least two picks yeah. probably before that. Mm-hmm. Have some faith in this GM that he's going to bring some, some guys in. Yeah. Um, you know, you might not know who they are. You might you might say, why in the hell did he draft a such and such position there? But don't be surprised if it's somebody who shows up and plays their ass off like MJ Emerson. Right. 
Uh-huh. You know what you want from your top couple draft picks. If if it's a first rounder, you expect them to come in and and start, right? If it's yeah. a second rounder, you expect them to come in and, and and play regular downs and and maybe start. If it's a third rounder, it's you're starting to get more into developmental territory, right? right. I mean, look at right. look at Jordan Elliott, you know, um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and all those other third round picks that we've we've sort of you know wasted time trying to develop. Um, this this is a real steal for the Browns to to take a cornerback in the third round and have him essentially start 17 games for you as a rookie and play at that level is, I mean, it's, it's not only is it, is it hard to believe um, that, that Andrew Berry could, could do that. um, But it's, it's, it's just crazy lucky, (laughs) you know, that, that he he had that opportunity, number one. Okay, I mean, we talked last week about David Bell. If you know, if, if we didn't have Amari Cooper, um, you know, would he have been a more high usage guy, and would we have seen Bell? Mm-hmm. So we don't know, right? But but because Greedy Williams was still sort of, you know, who knows what he was capable of, and um, never really seemed to to get on the field consistently. Um, and you know, they, they let Troy Hill go. So, so they, they wanted to use Newsom in the slot that put Martin Emerson out there on an Island and, and he lived up to it. So I don't know how you can ask any more out of a third round pick, you know, and and how you could expect any more from a rookie. So, I mean, I graded Nick Chubb pretty high because I know what Nick Chubb is capable of. Um, I, I'm going to put Martin Emerson right there with Nick Chubb in terms of how he played this year. And I still think there's, there's upside. So I'm, I'm going to give him an A. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm not going to disagree with you on the A. I guess it's a matter of how you're grading him, how you're comparing him to, you know, to the best corners in the league and everything like that, uh, because he does still have room to grow. Um, There's nothing negative to say about him whatsoever. So whether you want to give him an A, A minus, B plus for where he stands right now, um, Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to give him an A, A plus for the way he played as a rookie this season. Um, but he's, I mean, yeah, I'm going to say he's an AA minus, um, just because I know he's still growing, um, yeah. as a player, he's going to get better. And I, you know, I, I mean, other teams have to look at this guy and just, just kind of be concerned that they're going to have to go up against this guy for a while because, um, I think he's going to be able to guard anybody. You know, he's going to be the guy that they can put on the tight end, you know, um, because of his size and all this stuff. And I, I just see, you know, I mean, he, he's going to be able to play any corner position, but, you know, I think they can, I think they're going to be able to do a lot of things with him because of his size too. That's kind yeah, of what I'm agree. saying. I, I know you can put a, a safety on the, uh, you know, on the tight end, but if you're, if you're playing somebody fast, you know, like a Darren Waller or something like that, you can put MJ Emerson on him. He's probably going to shut him down. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, he's a very promising player, an incredible draft pick, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm glad he's on our team. So, yep. Um, Thomas Graham played seven games. I don't think he really got a whole lot of playing time. Um, interesting guy, though. Um, we'll, we'll see kind of how he fits in in the future. Um, probably mm-hmm. not enough information to to give him a grade, though. So, mm-hmm. um, guy who could end up being a steal from the Bears, depending on who who departs in that uh, second, you know, from that cornerback room. Mm-hmm. Um, AJ Green played seventeen games. I didn't feel like I saw A.J. Green much this season. Less impactful this year than he's been in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, I you know, the other guys played a lot more. I think he was, you know, out there, you know, probably, um, you know, um, only I occasionally I don't I didn't look at snap numbers at all mm-hmm. for this, mm-hmm. but yeah. um, you know he may have gotten a lot of special teams play. Um, right. You know I don't know how many I don't know how many snaps he got on defense. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know he played, but it wasn't a ton. So I, I think uh, you you alluded to it earlier, but you know our our three cornerbacks played every game, right? I mean, did Denzel miss a couple games? I guess right. With a concussion. Um, Denzel played 14. Newsom played, okay. played 15. And Emerson okay. played 16. Yeah. Okay. So so real close to playing every game. I mean, um, I yeah. think that just that limited the opportunities for um, a couple of those backup guys, you know, that, that just couldn't couldn't get snaps. And that's a good thing. I mean, you, you know, you want your starting corners to – to play a lot, dudes right? out there, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's the second hardest position on the field to play. I mean, um, to me, the the league really stacks the rules against these guys. So, um, yeah, to to be loaded at that position like like the Browns are, I think is is a real luxury. Yeah, I agree. So, um, yeah, I mean, I I would have a hard time giving AJ Green a grade. So um, I don't know if you if you saw enough to give him a grade. If not, we'll we'll move on. Yeah, I, I really can't. Okay, um, Greg Newsom, who played 15 games um, in the in the slot. Or, yeah, uh, covering the slot. Um, yeah, this season. I think so. there was a little bit of a setback for him moving him yeah. into the slot. You know, and, and I think people forget that. You know, that's really him learning a new position. Um, mm-hmm. But all in all, I thought, you know, he, he, he had some really good plays and contributed. Um, I think more so than even Denzel Ward did, you know, Denzel's a little bit flashier. Right. But, um, but yeah, man, having Greg Newsom as your, as your slot guy, again, it's just kind of an embarrassment of riches there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say. I would say. So, so um, I mean, I would give him a, a I'd give him a solid B for this season. Okay. Yeah, I'd say B B minus. I mean, I, honestly, I mean, I guess I'd have to go B. Um, I can't really think of a lot of negativity around Greg Newsom. 
So right. when you're not hearing your cornerback's name called a lot, um, yeah. you know, it's kind of yeah. like not hearing the offensive lineman's name called a lot. So um, mm-hmm. I think there was more negativity around Denzel Ward, you know, where there was questionable, um, right. you know, you know, issues as, as to who busted a coverage um, right. than, than there were yeah. around Greg Newsom. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm good with a B on Greg Newsom. Uh, Denzel Ward, um, who played 14 games um, and pointed his finger occasionally, but he, he also came <laughs> right. up with a few nice plays. Um, yeah. And yeah. this is after signing the big contract. Uh, some people still upset that he that he gets hurt now and then. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, he does get hurt. Um, he he's not made of glass. You know he. He played 14 games this season. I think last season he played, um, you know, I think he played a similar number last season. It's not like he's hurt half the season every year. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, sure, you want these guys out there every single game, but it just, you know, it doesn't happen for most guys. It just doesn't. Right. So, right. so your, th- your thoughts on Denzel? Yeah, you know I love Denzel, and I, I think he's the guy that, that makes our defense go. Um he is the the player that has consistently over the course of the last several years been the difference maker in games, you know, where he's had a key interception, a key pass defense, you know, where he's really taken, uh, taken over a game. It's like we, we said, we want to see miles do more often. Right. And yeah. Denzel has that kind of talent. Um, so I guess that's, that's why I'm going to be really hard on him because I thought he really let his teammates down in that regard this year um, with the stuff that yeah. you mentioned, you know, yeah. not, not, no, not his ability to go out and cover somebody when he's healthy. I mean, that's, that's a given. Okay. But it's the rest of the stuff that you bring to the table. And, you know, like you said, the, the finger pointing, the, you know, taking plays off, you know, just, just those bad looks, uh, especially after getting the big contract um, was, was really, I thought it embarrassing for Denzel. And again, I love the guy. I mean, he's a local guy. Uh, he's, he's tremendous in the community. Um, and, and physically he's a top corner in this league. Um, yeah. but man, he's got to fix that other stuff. You know, this, this fall, he's got to fix that other stuff and get back to being the player that he is. Um, he's, he's not afraid of contact. Um, he will go out and, and, and take the number one receiver from the other team out of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about Jim Schwartz putting guys in a position to succeed and be star players, you know, like they should be. And Denzel's got a perfect opportunity to make us forget all of that in the fall. Um, yeah, I'm really hoping he does that, and I th- I think he will. I think it was just a, a bad situation for everybody. Um, but based on what he did this year, um, I'm pretty disappointed in Den- in Denzel. Um, I'm going to give him a D plus. D plus. Okay. I I just I think that when you when you sign the big contract, when you take the number one receiver when you're you know when you're the guy who's being considered for the pro bowl every year Mm -hmm. you're looked at as a leader 
Um, whether right. you're a vocal leader, a quiet leader, leader by example, whatnot, you need to be that leader on the team. And and he didn't do that this season, you know, mm-hmm. um, through through the things that we've talked about. So so yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's an issue. Um, you want you want uh, or you need guys like Denzel and Miles and um, you know and and whoever else uh, you know we we could list a few other guys to be those leaders in whatever form they need to do that. And, and when it doesn't happen, it's noticeable, it's embarrassing and it's a problem. So, so I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Um, you know, it, it's hard to give them a grade that low, you know, I'd probably go more like C minus, but it's all irrelevant. The grade we Mm -hmm. give them, um, the disappointments there and the love of the player is still there. You know, I still love the right. guy and, and want to see him do well. And um, I, I agree with you on Jim Schwartz. I think uh, I think he's going to set him up for success. And I think Denzel is probably going to come in next season feeling like he's got to prove a little something. So um, good. I think when good. you put these guys together, I, I think the secondary is going to look pretty good again. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Greedy, well, Greedy Williams only played 11 games, uh, didn't wasn't out there that much i don't know mostly on uh, special teams i think yeah yeah i think uh i think his time's probably done in cleveland um yeah yeah just because you <laughs> look at who's on the team um you know it, it yeah. only makes sense so um it's unfortunate that he got hurt mm-hmm. you know i i don't know you know I, that shoulder was even i don't know if he had issues with that shoulder this year even or not i can't remember um but uh but yeah, I think he showed um, that he can still play in this league. But uh, yeah, he can. Like you said he's, he's going to have a hard time beating out the three guys ahead of him. Yeah, he'll. He's just. He's going to. He's going to. He's going to resurface. Uh, you know, with another team. Um, yep. Probably best for him. So. So uh, safety, we got um, the Anthony Bell. I think mostly on special teams, so we'll skip him. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's go with uh, Grant Delpit. Played all 17 games. Uh, your thoughts on Delpit? Yeah, Delpit is one of those guys that that um, he raised his grade as the season went along. Um, yeah. You know, early on, I, I was really, really pretty concerned, and mm-hmm. I think the last few games he started to show enough to make me feel good about going into next year. And I, I think I mentioned it last week that he's now the, the, the one safety I think is locked into a job next year that you can almost feel confident about, <laughs> which, you know, if you'd have told me that week three or four, I you know, wouldn't have never believed it. <laughs> I agree. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He was so, kind of the, the guy that everybody loved to, to hate initially because of right. how bad he looked. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I you know I hope that growth continues. Um, I think he probably you know did a lot of extra credit at the end of the season to get his grade up, um, mm-hmm. and I I I guess I got to go with a B minus. Um, there's still an awful lot of issues going on there, um, but considering where he came from, that's that's really pulling your fat out of the fire. Yeah, for a guy who was probably carrying an F through the first four or five games, um, 
<laughs> right. You know, I think to yeah. get up to to C plus B minus and and that range is pretty good. And I agree with you. I th- I'm I'm almost excited about having him on the team next season just because of the growth he showed over the last what yeah. you know eight to ten games. Uh, mm-hmm. You know. You, you could actually you could see it. I mean, it, it was it was you know just plain plain to see and, and fun to watch the fact that he was growing as a player, um, just doing a lot better. And you know, I, I think he's I think he's got a future um, with the Browns. Yeah. And you know, I'm kind of excited to see what he turns into now. Yeah. So uh, Ronnie Harrison played 16 games. Um, did not get as much playing time as the other as the other two safeties. Yeah, surprising. Um, yeah, after you know what he did previously with the team and his role, um, that his role basically evaporated. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, if, if if Grant Delpit is is the college kid who slept through the first six weeks of lectures and and then started cramming before the final. Um, Ronnie Harrison is the guy that just never even showed up for class. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, and, and he was really inconsistent, um, you know, last year in terms of, you know, um, you didn't really know what you were going to get from him sometimes. Right. But, right. Um, absolutely. There really just weren't, there wasn't anything to grab onto this year with him. And, you know, we, we had said before, you know, Joe Woods needed the third safety. You know, the, 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 the whole plan was built around three safeties. And, you know, this was the first year that he had three healthy safeties. And Ronnie Harrison never, never saw got on the field. And, I, and I, I don't understand. I don't understand what happened, you know. But, um, yeah, I wish, I wish I felt like we had another guy – like Grant Delpit that I could feel confident about going into next year, but it's not going to be Ronnie Harris. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. I can't, can't give him a grade or anything. Um, yeah. Just didn't see him enough, but um, yeah, it was kind of surprising that they, that they really didn't seem to use him much at all. Um, anyway, so let's, uh, let's talk about John Johnson, the third. Um, oh, very, uh, I'd say polarizing, but I, I don't yeah. know that he has a ton of fans in Cleveland. Um, mm-hmm. I really don't know. He played all 17 games, so you have to give him credit for that. Um, <laughs> let's see. He, I want to make sure I'm right on this. I think he, he – I believe he was the leader in no, – Grant, Grant Delpit led the team in tackles. John Johnson was second. Mm-hmm. So – um, not surprising that our safeties were the leaders in tackles. I guess that's right. pretty standard, but right. anyways, uh, I, I've been critical of John Johnson. I feel like he's always the guy that's just kind of lurking in the side of the, you know, right there at the end of the play, ready to jump on the pile and, stuff. and <laughs> you, you never, you never see him actually do anything, but I mean, I guess he made a lot of tackles this season. Um, yeah. it just doesn't seem to be impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't seem to want to get his jersey dirty. Uh, you know, I just, I, I don't know. Um, I just don't yeah. know. It, when, when the Browns signed him, I was excited. I thought, man, we're getting, we're getting a, a really, you know, a guy who's going to make a difference. 
Right. And it's not only this season. It's been the whole time he's been here. Um, he, he's been here. He's played. He's piled up some stats. But mm-hmm. have we ever left a game saying, man, you remember that play John Johnson made? <laughs> I, I yeah. can't think of one time. Yeah. I think so, there was one game where he sort of had some couple interceptions and, you know, some. Yeah, there plays, was one game this season where he did. He he. I don't remember but, which one it was, but. Yeah, where they called his name like three times, and I thought, wow, this is crazy. You know, it's right. Happening. Right. It, right. I mean, it's good. It's again, just because I'm hard on a player doesn't mean I'm rooting against him. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I want all these guys to do well. You know, I yeah. was excited when he came to Cleveland. I'm thinking this guy's going to make a difference at safety. He's going to be here for a number of years. We're set at this spot. And it's disappointing to to feel like you have a guy here and you're not sure if he's just not trying, if he doesn't get it, if he doesn't mm-hmm. want to be here or or what's going on, or if he just doesn't have it anymore. You know, yeah. you just don't know what's going on. Or if it's the wrong coach, you you, you don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the similarities to Denzel Ward. Um, Denzel was D for disappointment. JJ3 was D for debacle. Um, when Anthony Walker had the injury and this team needed another quarterback for the defense. Mm-hmm. That should have been John Johnson. He yeah. was the guy that that could have stepped into that role, provided the leadership, and and been the glue to hold things together. But instead of the glue, he was the complete opposite. He was the guy that broke things apart more often than not. And you know, Grant Delpit made plenty of mistakes. I think mistakes of of commission where he was at least trying where John Johnson yeah. made mistakes of omission, where it looked like he was just taking plays off. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's not what you want to see in one of your top, you know, six or seven paid players on the team. You know, your right. veterans who are supposed to be, like you said a little while ago, you know, maybe they're not vocal leaders, okay, but, but you know, he's, he's got a lot to say after the game, okay, but, um, you know, show us productivity on the field. Talk right? with your play, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, John Johnson's probably the one guy who I'm going to give an F to um, because I don't think he got his job done this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I after what i said i mean i don't know how i can disagree with you i mean i you know i mean i was honestly surprised to look at the number of tackles he had i'm thinking when were these made i i don't remember (laughs) seeing him tackling guys yeah um you know i guess he's you know i guess it happens Mm -hmm. but um you know when grant delpa tackles a guy i know it uh, yeah. John Johnson, I see him in on tackles a lot, right? But it's usually after somebody else already has him or says has a guy wrapped up. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, to me, he's just he's a major disappointment, and you can't blame that on the coach. You can't blame yeah. an effort entirely on a coach. Um, yeah, I think there was an effort issue. I mean, the part yeah. of it 
though, was, you know, that I don't think he ever found a, the right role here. Um, yeah. You know, I, don't, I, I think he was asked to do different things that, that really weren't in his comfort zone. You know, they didn't they didn't Probably put him true. in the right put him in the right spot. Um, I'm just trying to give him benefit of the doubt, you know, because I hate failing a player. But yeah, I mean, um, I honestly but, wasn't going to give him an F. I but, was going to give him like a, you know, a C minus or a D or something. But all, all those other factors rolled in. Um, I mean, if if there's if there's one guy on the team that I'm going to fire and say, we've got to replace this position going into the next season to improve. He's the guy. I mean, you can say what you want about Jadavion Clowney quit on his team. Um, you know, there, there are other guys who, who probably underachieved by a lot at times, mm-hmm. but man, John Johnson just consistently underachieved all year. And yeah, I agree. You gotta you gotta hold that guy accountable. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, we know Jadavian Clowney's not coming back. Um, John Johnson, yeah. Uh, I kind of suspect he's not going to be back. Either. I I would be surprised, and I think yes. you're right. I think I think uh, safety is right up there with with defensive tackle <laughs> as far mm-hmm. as what's going to be addressed. You know, and and finding a replacement. At, uh, yeah. at edge so yeah. i th- i think that's what they're looking at so uh, but we have time to talk about that on other shows mm-hmm. so right right <laughs> well well that's a terrible way to end but <laughs> you know what this has almost been like a therapy session so i hope everybody's kind of feels like they've, <laughs> right. <laughs> they've gotten you know something out of this and and We've blown out all the negativity about anything they saw on defense this year, and, yep. and we can start to build things back up again next week. Yep, yep. <laughs> had to, we had to tear it down first. That's right, and tear it down we did. So, so Jeff, <laughs> would you like to close with anything? Uh, well, just let's let's put that all behind us, and now talk about the fun stuff. Um, free agencies coming up and the draft after that. And, you know, how can we improve what's already a pretty good roster by making some, some fine adjustments to it. And, you know, hopefully it works this time. Hopefully we catch lightning in a bottle, right? We're just going to keep hoping. That's what we're going for. Lightning in a bottle. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This has been the Browns blitz. We thank you for listening and we will catch you next time.